Welcome to Level with Emily. This is a performance by the OC Jazz Collective from their new album called Mode 7, a jazz tribute to the SNES. As you might expect, the album features jazz arrangements of tunes from the SNES era. Dylan Wiest is the director of the group, and he's also the drummer. Dylan goes by Wiestly in the remix world, and he's been a part of the OC Remix community for a very long, long time, pre-2010. OC Remix itself has been around since 1999, and we'll, we'll talk about that briefly in this conversation, but Dylan's been a part of it for a long, long time. This album features, uh, you know, music from like Mario Paint, Super Metroid, Final Fantasy VI, and incredible arrangements, uh, either uh, featuring or done by performers uh, and remixers like Andy P, John Stacy, Nasylvania, Insane in the Rain Music. We've had on the show John Stacy also has been on the show because he's a part of the Game Brass. Anyway, it's a fantastic album. Um, and OC Remix, I just want to say, he says this at the very end of the interview, but it's important to, to say that you can get all of this music at no cost. OC Remix believes that, you know, this music should be available to everyone. So you can download this music for free from OC Remix anytime. And you can also donate to their Patreon um, if you want to support them that way. But otherwise, you know, the music, just go grab it. It's fantastic and well worth it. Join us on Discord to talk about this and other episodes. Uh, visit us on YouTube to uh, see videos of most of our conversations. Not this one, uh, but uh, there are videos up from many of our conversations that we've had, at least in 2022. And if you're able to support us financially, you can visit us at patreon.com slash level. All right, here is Dylan Wiest. Yeah, my name is Dylan Wiest. I'm, I guess my my remix uh, remixer handle on OC Remix is Wiesty, uh, and I've been coordinating and directing the the OC Jazz Collective since uh, I want to say about 2014, 2015. Now uh, we released our first album back in 2016 entitled Chronology, uh, which was a jazz tribute to Chrono Trigger, and then we just recently uh, released. Uh, Mode 7, which is a a tribute to the Super Nintendo era of great video games and all the soundtracks that went with those. So, yeah, it's been it's been a journey uh, doing some stuff for OC Remix, but as well as some community albums on OC Remix and the Materia Collective when they were releasing a lot of their community albums. So, um, yeah, we've been at it for about six or seven years now and looking forward to what the future has in store. For sure. I One of the things I love about the remix community is it reminds me of uh, the jazz world, but also hip-hop community where there's just everybody is on each other's album and everybody wants to play and make music together. And so there are names that I recognize that I've interviewed from the past and um, just names that I recognize from the remix community, which is really fun and, uh, you know, just speaks, I think, to just the um, excitement that that you all have in the community to to make music together, yeah, yeah. I mean, a lot of these people that are in the OC Jazz Collective, um, you know, whether they were you know originally uh, in the group when we released our first single, I think it must have been 2014 or 2013 now, <laughs> or you know, the most recent album. You know, I've known a lot of these people since at least 2008. Um, Amazing. You know, I was kind of lurking on the OC Remix forums and. Um, just kind of getting to know the community as far back as 2006, 2007, you know, when I really got into all of this. And a lot of these musicians were, um, you know, kind of a, in that same era. And it's just been a, a collection of meetings and friends that we've all got to know each other through our love of jazz as well video game music. And um, yeah, it's really anybody and anyone on, on the uh, OC Remix forums, I guess, maybe more so through discord now because forums are you know a bit of a a dying thing but um 
Yeah. yeah. I mean, we, we've all been a member of that community for a long time. There are a few people who I've, I've met through Materia um, that have kind of jumped on board and have just kind of, um, you know, stepped in in the last couple of years. But um, I think we've seen a bit of a, a diversification in terms of the remix community, you know, over the last at least four or five years. Um, there's a yeah. lot more happening all over the place. And, you know, just people releasing independently on YouTube and, um, yeah, it's really, really grown. Whereas I think OC Remix was the, you know, that was the epicenter yeah. of all of this, you know, back to 1999, I think they they got their start. So amazing. I mean, in 1999, that was definitely a lifetime ago. But even when I think about, uh, you know, 2008, that's when I moved to Minneapolis and, you know, doing a podcast about music and video games was nowhere near on my radar. I mean, that came three years later. So it's like, it's it's amazing to me to know that you've been in this community that long. And also, I mean, just OC Remix in general, but but you as well, just in the early, in the mid-aughts kind of hopping in. And, you know, if I think about someone like Insane in the Rain Music or Carlos Eni, I mean, how old would he have been? He would have been like 10 years old or something like that. And now he's like playing amazing, beautiful tenor solos on your album and on his own albums and all those things. So, yeah, yeah. you know, the the I think too, just the quality and the depth of the uh, playing field has has really grown tremendously over over the years. Yeah, quality. I mean, yeah. if I think back to some of the original <laughs> remixes that I did, you know, just dabbling <laughs> into the community back in oh, whatever year that was, 2005, 2006, it was like Amazing. using some old some old Yamaha mixer from the, you know, 1980s that I had like jimmy rigged some XLR outs to a you know, eighth inch into a laptop and quality was just, <laughs> just terrible. But you know, that, that is what home studios kind of looked like back in the day. And now right. we're at a point where like, you know, a lot of people that we work with, uh, either in OC Remix or in the professional community, like they, their studio is at home. Yeah. You know, I think of uh, like our alto player, Joe Zija, like he does a lot of voice acting. That is his, his main gig. And mm. I mean, he runs almost all of that entirely out of his house and mm -hmm. 15 years ago that was pretty unheard of I mean, the album is is great. It's really fun. I love the varying styles. I love the varying the various tributes you do to other uh, jazz awesomeness. Um, but I, but yeah, just talk to me a little bit about the album and and who did the arrangements, and uh, we'll we'll get into some more specifics after that. Yeah, well, the I mean, the album started as like a pretty much. I would say mid 2017. So this has been in the works for quite a while. Wow, you know, yeah. obviously with some hiccups in there, such as a global pandemic and whatnot. But uh, <laughs> um, yeah, we got started on this. I think mid 2017, just as a follow up to Chronology, um, which was our first album, just dealing with the soundtrack of Chrono Trigger. And I could talk about that for days, but we'll we'll deal with <laughs> Mode Seven for now. Um, wanting to diversify a little bit and like kind of staying in that that same era, which I mean to me at least you know the super nintendo and consoles that were kind of in that same era that was to me like the golden age of video game music um and so we wanted to do something to kind of celebrate that um and it kind of worked out we were hoping to originally hit like the 30th anniversary and we missed that a little bit so we ended up just kind of releasing it as a tribute um and wanting to bring in you know, some people from outside of the community or people who maybe were not a member of the OC Jazz Collective. So, you know, this is where we had our our collaboration with Insane in the Rain, as well as some other members such as uh, Alejandro, who was a prominent remixer as well as musician in the Materia community at the time, um, and just kind of broadening the, the size of the group. And so just trying to you know, have a, a varied collection of, you know, well-known classics such as you know, uh, Super Metroid or 
Super Mario World, but also some, you know, unknown gems. Um, Alejandro brought a, a, a track from uh, The Live Alive, yeah. which, I mean, just got released on the, the Switch recently, but, you know, up until, you know, five months ago had never been released uh, in North America. And same as the the, the Dragon Ball uh, Z remix that um, mm. John Stacy did. Again, some stuff <laughs> that on most people's North American palettes had never been heard. Yeah. Um, and so having a bit of a broader, um, uh, broader, I guess, scope there. Chronology, I guess, in, in many ways, was a bit of a concept album, and it was a little bit shorter. And this okay. was I wanted wanted this to be a little bit longer and have uh, again more of a more of a reach in terms of what we were hitting. Um, yeah, the arrangers on it. Um, we had quite a few. John Stacy, who is a member of the Game Brass, mm -hmm. uh, as well as a, a prominent remixer in both the OC Remix and Materia communities. Um, who else did we have arranged tunes on there? Um, yeah, we talked a little bit about uh, Alejandro, uh, Nostylvania, Marcus, who is a piano player that got his start on OC Remix um, in terms of the remix community. Just a killer, killer arranger. All of his <laughs> arrangements always just like blow my hair back. It's it's crazy the stuff that he writes. So it's uh, it was you know a long time in the works, and I was really really stoked to finally get it out and. Um, you know, I think it's was probably about a, a year um, prior to that was OC Remix's last release. So I think this is, you know, kind of a good way to kind of kick the door open again, and you sure. know, hopefully we'll we'll see more coming out from the OC Remix community. you're a drummer right and a keyboardist yeah um traditionally I, I piano was my my first instrument then i studied um percussion as well as did a lot of jazz drumming through university and and beyond and uh now i teaching is mostly my main gig but i still gig quite regularly in the jazz community here in canada so tell me more about your teaching gig what what age level do you teach and and that Oh, I teach uh, all levels from beginner, so often that's grade five or six, depending on where I'm teaching, and all the way up to grade 12. So, um, oh, wow. yeah. yeah, teach in Alberta, Canada, and a lot of my students have gone on to pursue music uh, post-secondary, and nice. yeah, teach jazz band, teach concert band, wind ensemble. Um, not much in terms of orchestra, because that's really not a, a huge thing here in Canada for the most part. Yeah. Um, I know a lot of schools down in the States, that's a really big thing. But um, aside from little pockets here and there around Canada, that's not, it's never really taken off. Let's talk about some of the individual tracks. Um, uh, for instance, Brushwork 
is great because it's got, I'm assuming you're the drummer in it. And I am, yeah. Uh, yeah, just such great extended drum solos in, in with, with concert, with not concert band stuff, with the jazz, with the jazz ensemble and mm-hmm. kind of like Buddy Rich or like a Duke Ellington tune or something like that where you're leaving room for the drummer to be all tasty. And it's fun too that you're using brushes, right? Which, <laughs> which is a fun little, uh, thing. yeah, we were trying to, we were trying to come up with a name for that. Um, uh, Brian and I, Brian is the arranger for that one. He's trombonist in the group and just trying to come up with a name and like nothing was sticking. And then it just hit like lightning one day. And not so much that it's a piece where the drummer uses brushes. I guess that's part of it. But, you know, you have the opening title screen where, or I think even on the the the, um, the cartridge for Mario Paint, it's got Mario holding the paintbrush, right? So it's, yep. you know, a bit of a, I guess, a double entendre there. There are definitely some influences um, going back to the big band era. That was a piece that I had kind of imagined, as well as Brian being something that we would do, because it is basically a ripoff of um, a Count Basie tune called Cute, yes. which was arranged by Neil Hefty, who um, was one of the prominent arrangers for uh, the Count Basie band. Uh, and uh, so we just knew based off you know, how that original went. And almost almost in a way, we thought that the original composer for, you know, the opening theme to Mario Paint was kind of hinting at that. So it was just like screaming at us that we had to arrange it in the style. I'm just butting in here to let you know that this is that Count Basie tune that Dylan's talking about that inspired the OC Jazz Collective arrangement. So this is Count Basie and his orchestra playing the tune Cute. Yeah, Brian did the the initial arrangement, all the harmonizations and all of that. And then we kind of collaborated um, just kind of on, you know, a bit of the rhythmic stuff as well as um, some of the solis and whatnot that went in there. And yeah, it's one of the only tunes on the album that um, is like full big band. There are not a lot of tunes that are full big band, but yeah. um, that's, that's kind of Brian's um, forte. And he does a lot of big band playing. Myself personally, I'm... Well, I've played in a lot of big bands and, and have definitely been a part of that that world. But uh, typically, I've found myself in you know smaller combos and quartets and quintets mm-hmm. um, more often than not. And usually, what I cling to when I like to write, um, it's just a lot of it's just a lot easier in many ways. You're just dealing with less voices and <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> simplicity is key often. So. Um, yeah. So I, I left the big band arranging to other people on the album, and they did a, a much, much better job than I definitely could have. But I was happy to lend a hand on this one with some of the arranging. Yeah, you mentioned John Stacy did some arranging and that uh, he did the arranging for the Dragon Ball Z track, which is funny because there's a big French horn solo in there. And John, I assume, played the, that French horn solo in there. Yeah, John did play. Uh, there are two <laughs> French horns on that track and John played okay. them both. And Oh, funny. I, okay. I know John has been a huge um, proponent of the French horn getting more spotlight as a jazz instrument because it's not very common out there, you know, aside from, you know, some arrangers such as like Gil Evans, you know, back mm-hmm. in the 50s and 60s, Birth of the Cool using French horn as a color instrument. You don't see it out there as much as, you know, the other brass counterparts. So, um, yeah. yeah, and I know John does that quite often. So, and I, I, if I'm correct, I believe that 
yeah on on alejandro's tune um the the um live a live tune uh, megalomania uh there is french horn in there which i i believe was originally written uh if i'm not mistaken for trombone and then he rearranged it for french horn just because like oh we're gonna get john in on this track so let's rewrite that trombone part for french horn and that's how it you could barely even tell because i mean huh. uh john plays with such a you know a big brassy sound that often you think it is you know trombone playing there so Did he play trumpet too, though? Did, was he the screaming trumpet on like Red Soul and elsewhere throughout the album? So we had uh, two trumpets. Uh, okay. John did lend some trumpet on the album. I believe John played uh, perhaps a couple of the trumpets on the Brushwork tune. Okay. If I'm not mistaken. And I want to say one other, but I don't know which one offhand. Okay. Um, but uh, sorry, which one was the song that you mentioned? The I was talking about Red Red Soul. Yeah, Red Soul. So I guess our the trumpet player that we've been working with for a long time now, um, who played on all of Chronology as well as some other stuff that we've released is uh, Jordan Etienne. Okay. Who goes by Jay Damashi on OC Remix? He's also gone under handles such as Sir Jordanius and. So he's been playing with us for a long time. Um, And then we just wanted to add a little bit more color as opposed to one person playing all of the trumpet parts, Mm -hmm. you know, getting a couple people in there doing that. And so on a few of the tracks that is split between uh, John Stacy and Jordan. need a lead player right that's the thing that was surprising me so much i was like is john stacy really able to and maybe he is maybe he is and i've interviewed him once but i'm not alone and so i couldn't get in the nitty-gritty of his you know brass technique (laughs) but but i am uh you know just as a trumpet player quite aware that there's a different skill involved in being a lead player that can really just scream and wail up there so so well you know yeah and i mean that's definitely Jordan's specialty. He, <laughs> there's a lot of screaming involved in, in his parts, and his his yeah. high range chops are like Amazing. absurd. So jealous. Um, and, but John, I think he plays just about every brass instrument. I I know he's yeah. played a lot of trombone on other albums. Amazing. Um, I think he's played some tuba as well. At least uh, not with the OC Jazz Collective. We don't really have much tuba music that's written for us. But sure. Um, I want to say that he has done a lot of tuba playing as well, but I won't speak for John. Yeah, I also loved all the vibes work, and you had a couple different vibes, vibraphone players, right? Uh, Just one. Oh, just one. Yeah, I really uh, just see one. Oh, Doug Perry. Yeah. Yeah, there's there's the one track that was actually written for two vibraphone parts. That's Um, maybe why I thought you had two vibraphones. Yeah, Yeah, and that's uh, Megalovania. (laughs) Which was Uh, like my favorite track. So, yeah. Oh. Yeah, I mean yeah. Alejandro writes such killer music. Oh, so good! Um, you know, as as a, as a Berkeley student, you kind of get into that Berkeley like modern jazz sound and scene, and yeah, you know, it's just amazing the stuff the guy writes. But um, he was he was coming at me with some of the the I guess um, pre finished ar- arrangement ideas and was saying like, is this is this going to be playable? by one player and the, and the vibraphone part he gave me was like essentially a piano part and I'm like uh I play quite a bit of vibraphone myself um you know when I gig locally here I'm, I'm typically nice. either playing drum set or vibes um and I said I don't think so but I mean Doug is a, a different breed of vibraphone player than I am so <laughs> could be possible so we sent it to Doug and it's like uh let's just write this for two different vibraphone parts and I'll and I'll overdub that but nice. yeah I mean Doug is just a monster on 
really all percussion instruments, but um, mallets for sure. Like his his marimba chops and his his vibraphone chops are nice. just yeah. It's a little bit embarrassing when I look at the vibraphone stuff that I've done in the past and I. <laughs> Like, definitely, I could lay down a lot of stuff for the OC Jazz Collective on vibes myself, but then I, yeah. I say, like, we've got Doug available. Why? Why would I do that <laughs> to the listeners? sounds great and I'm, I'm sure that must be him on the Mega Man X or Mega Man 10 uh, track um, 22nd Century because the there's just this really great vibes line uh, in there in the in the beginning kind of an ostinato kind of thing happening yeah Doug yeah Every track, he was the he was the vibes vibes player. He also played yeah. a bit of um, hand percussion on a few of the tunes as well. Oh, cool. Um, okay. Conga and bongos, um, which yeah. was great to get him in on more than just vibes. This because if if you've seen his his live streams, he does a lot. I think every Monday or Wednesday, I want to say perhaps Mondays, maybe it's changed, but he does um, like live performance live streams where he's like basically just making up music and improvising on the spot and people oh. will request video game tunes and he'll you know arrange it for marimba on the fly like it's crazy but he has just like wow. a cave of percussion instruments and yeah nice. it's very very impressive nice so did you all record remotely yeah um everybody as far as i know we were recording just remotely in our kind of home studios mm -hmm. or you know bedrooms basements whatever you want to call them yep. um the only person that i know who would have like a, a semi-professional setup would be joe and that's because he does a lot of voice acting oh cool uh, yeah and so yeah. like he's got an entire like booth um set up in his house that is studio quality and wow. you know completely silent from the outside and so Amazing. but as far as i know everybody else is just you know recording from their their home and like i said over the last 15 years i don't know at what point it was that it became so accessible it it seems like it was something that happened slowly over time but mm -hmm. really they reached a point probably early 2010s 2010 2011 where like yeah i mean you could get almost close to studio quality just you know with some basic software and yep. you know uh, an io and a you know a you know condenser mic and yeah, it was just like night and day compared to what people were doing 15 years ago. Yeah, I mean, I coming from radio, it always used to be that you, you know, if you wanted to get a good, a good um, interview over distance, like you and I, right? I would either do a tape sync where I send someone to your house to record you and have to pay them for that, or we would have to send you to a studio to connect via ISDN, which was just a high speed telephone line, right? So. It was right around that time that you had the voice over internet protocol thing happen with like Skype and stuff where you could talk over the internet and that just like wiped out the need almost overnight for such an expensive process to do a long distance recording. It's really amazing how you and I can talk like this and sound yeah. like we're in the same room without paying someone to make it sound like that. <laughs> You well, know? and and how yeah. many radio hosts were working completely remote during oh. the pandemic, and like, Me. did most did most people <laughs> notice a difference? Like, not really. I mean, not eventually. I mean, I think in the first couple weeks there were definitely some uh, hiccups, yeah, some wrinkles we had to iron out. But um, but literally the very first morning, I just turned on the you know the Comrex, which was the piece of equipment that connected me to the studio remotely and i was live on the air from my living room the day after shutdown so it's, um, and to be fair 
radio has been able to do that for a long time. Like radio remotes have existed for a long time, but again, with expensive equipment and it's just not as necessary to have giant yeah. expensive well, equipment anymore. <laughs> and, I, and I think it's, it's remarkable just, you know, the accessibility that it's provided to so many musicians out there, you know, yep. you go back to the eighties and you see all these old movies about, you know, that band trying to get themselves a demo recorded and right. that's, you know, the, the whole premise of the movie. And now like, yeah. <laughs> Wow, you walk into your music store with a two or three hundred bucks, and mm-hmm. that's really all you need. Yeah, no, I mean obviously, you know, to the the trained ear and the audiophile who's got the ten thousand dollar Bowers and Wilkins setup, you can <laughs> tell a little bit of a difference when somebody's recorded it at you know, you know, a studio in downtown New York versus their bedroom. Like, yeah, let's not completely kid ourselves, right. but it's it's <laughs> you know, you know, still yeah. really remarkable what it's opened up in terms of people getting their work out there. There's some really great Barry Sachs work in there. Who doesn't love a great Barry Sachs honking away down in the basement? Uh, yeah. But the Super Mario World uh, uh, track, uh, Gigantrius Koopalooza, has a really yeah. great little, just a little boop. And you're like, yes, that's what I needed in my day was to hear that Barry mm-hmm. Sachs down there doing that. So uh, yeah, tell me Joe a little Zizia, bit about that. Yeah. Joe Zija, once again, who plays... Um, I want to say at one point he played all of the saxophones for the group, but that's not true because <laughs> Anthony Lofton was also playing on our first couple of releases. And um, okay. Joe does almost all of the alto uh, Barry stuff. In fact, okay. he does all the alto and Barry stuff. Um, just a monster player. He's one of the first guys that I kind of pulled into the the Jazz Collective like way back in the day when it was not even called the Jazz Collective. Oh, and um, yeah, Joe's as well as being you know an amazing writer and um, outstanding voice actor who's uh, you know gone on to do just like huge AAA titles with Nintendo and whatnot. Nice. He's also a, a killer woodwind player and guitarist and like any like yeah Renaissance man I think is what he used to go under on his website and oh, it's, it's true. Wow. The guy plays everything. We're actually doing um. We're doing an album right now that he crowdsourced. Uh, I believe it's entitled uh, Three Houses, Four Saxes, which is a kind of a tribute to the the Fire Emblem Three Houses uh, game, which he voice acted on. Oh, nice. And so we've been working on it for about a little over a year now, I want to say, and I'm doing all the arrangements on there for him. Wow. Um, yeah, Insane in the Rain uh, did arrange one track as well for the album, uh, and it features Joe just playing basically every track all saxophones there's a little bit of um uh rap in there as well we got megaran on, nice. on one on one track with us so we're slowly kind of releasing some things through uh joe's youtube channel right now awesome. and um there's there's a planned release um you know sometime in the near future Final Fantasy VI tune and in uh, the style of this really great Oliver Nelson tune called Stolen Moments. And I loved that mashup. So I'd love to hear you talk to me a little bit about uh, that, that one. Yeah, that's, I guess that's another one that goes back a long time. I have like these okay. ideas that have made their way into other recordings and just like sat <laughs> unused for almost a decade. So way back in the day, Joe and I were kind of the the music um directors or working on the soundtrack for like an unofficial um final fantasy 7 web series that was being pitched 
Nice. Um, and it, like at one point, it had reached the front page of Kotaku and mm-hmm. like millions of views on the YouTube video and it was getting crowdfunded to to get made. And so Joe and I were part of the music department for that and we're just kind of making some material um as kind of like bonus stuff for the kickstarter and so i wrote this piece called uh variations to chocobo and um it was the sax and this is kind of the beginning of that whole sax quartet thing it got started as um yeah joe just playing four saxes and it kind of took the chocobo theme and this is something that i always struggled with because if you think of like the chocobo theme that uh umatsu uh, wrote like every one of those themes is a remix of the original chocobo theme so how do you remix a remix and remix a re- <laughs> like it it was just a daunting task to have to yeah. arrange that tune yeah. and so i was like okay well let's just make a bunch and we'll put them all into one and i called it variations of chocobo and so it was kind of like a theme and variations where we took the main theme and then it kind of went through all the different eras of american popular music so it started in like ragtime and then it went to like 1950s 1960s like cool jazz era and then kind of finished with like a dance 1980s 1990s like club pop sort of finish uh and so i wrote um that variations to chocobo as um kind of like a an homage to oliver nelson as well uh and you'll actually you'll here if you listen to that tune on this album during the the horn solely kind of like three quarters of the way through the tune there is that chokeable line is built into the solely on this tune so that came like way back from 2012 2013 and i was just thinking of like what else can i use this because it's such a great tune like the original you know blues in the abstract truth like just one of the timeless albums ever written that's great uh and so i was thinking like you know what other tunes can we throw over the same chord progression and make work which is quite a, a common thing in, in the in the jazz community it's called uh, i believe they're called contrafacts Contrafact. yep yeah where you're taking you know i guess back to the you know, even like a basic thing like a blues and writing mm-hmm. you know different melody over a blues head or i guess more um more complex would be like a rhythm changes where you're you know taking a rhythm changes tune you know like i've got rhythm you know, and writing something entirely over top of that, which was, you know, kind of the the original jazz version of remixing back in the day. <laughs> yeah, really. Um, yeah. And so that's, yeah, that's how that tune came to be. And yeah, Love I was it. just happy to finally get that material out there because it had just been sitting, yep. you know, unused in the, in, in the, um, the freezer for a long time. And <laughs> yeah. hinted a little bit to, to your background and stuff, but I, I would like to know more about like how you fell in love with jazz. Uh, when when did that happen? Yeah, I guess it's weird because I, I have vivid memories thinking back to like elementary school, like saying the words, I hate jazz. <laughs> really? I was like a really, uh, yeah, I was like a really <laughs> snobby, um, like classic rock kid. Like it was sure. like Jimi sure. Hendrix and yeah. Pink Floyd and Rolling Stones and nothing else. And oh, so jazz great. was like, you know, what I thought was, you know, as, as far as that had gone. And then, you know, late elementary high school kind of rolled around and I was taking piano lessons at the time with um, this local piano teacher who was more than happy just to kind of led my interest in classic rock kind of like lead where I was going. But then, you know, kind of just started sneaking some jazz in here and there and going, you know, there's a lot of similarities, like it's it's not too far-fetched. And so kind of got on through there. Um cool. You know, some kind of, I guess, you know, what's the word I'm looking for? Like Segway bands like Emerson, Lake and Palmer or sure. Pink Floyd or, you know, Deep Purple. Some of these bands that were experimenting with some of that at the time kind of mm-hmm. took me in that direction. Um, and I had been on OC Remix as early as um, 2006, 2007. So like a kid in grade seven, grade eight. And I just, you know, really, really nerdy into video game music. Um, still loved the Chrono Trigger soundtrack, which was super influenced by jazz and had just all this jazz, you know, built yeah. right into it. 
And then this band came along uh, by the name of the One Ups. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Like 2005, I think volume one came out. So, you know, I think they just actually released uh, their 25th anniversary uh, vinyl that came out a while ago. They And it, I think they're really the, the original band to kind of do that. And they've done a lot of other stuff. It's not all just jazz, but their, their first album volume one was super, super heavy influenced by jazz. And um, I mean, we've got, Anthony Lofton from that album playing on this one. And that was, nice. you know, as soon as he agreed to join the OC Jazz Collective, that was just like, you know, a dream come true. Mm -hmm. And so just a lot of these great arrangements. And I had seen a video of the uh, or the one-ups playing uh, Secret of the Forest from Chrono Trigger. And it was like, I was just enthralled with that soundtrack at the time. And to see, you know, oh. these musicians taking video game music as seriously as I was at the time, like it was mm -hmm. just eye-opening and so you know that was kind of uh you know my first step into like the jazz realm i i, I would say okay oh, cool. at least from a video game pers perspective but yeah you know obviously with my private piano teacher and you know my my classic rock background there's a lot of you know interplay there as well You know, you mentioned a, f a few different times the Chrono Trigger, the, your Chronology album from uh, 2016, I think you said. 16 or 17? Uh, 2016, I'm pretty 2016. sure. 2016. Yep. And I really do want to spend more time with that before I ask you too much about it. So we'll have you back for that. But I do want you to talk a little bit about it here. And, you know, you said it's more of a concept album. So, you know... Sometimes if I think about a concept album, I think of, you know, like tracks that segue or something and that doesn't have to happen. But, um, you know, I'd like to hear you talk a little bit more about that album in particular, if you would. Yeah, um, I guess that had been like the, the at that point, the OC Jazz Collective had been around for maybe a year or two. OK, um, it really started as, you know, on the OC Remix forums way back in the day. I think it was originally going to be called the the OC Remix Big Band or something. And it was actually had like an entire roster of musicians that we were going to fill at every spot. I mean, <laughs> we talked about earlier how I really don't arrange a lot for big band music. So that was a problem in itself. <laughs> um, and just filling at all the spots seemed to be pretty challenging because at the time, I mean, I started the OC Jazz Collective as a bit of, um, you know, I was really getting into jazz writing and wanting to write for live musicians and really not as common back in the day you know i was yeah. trying to write these jazz arrangements using vst instruments and midi <laughs> and just like wow this does not sound anywhere as near or you know anywhere as good as i would like it to so i'm gonna yeah. have to get some actual musicians to do this um but at the time i mean the the community for the most part live recorded performances were not the norm there were definitely people doing them but it was still very much that digital instruments and loop based and a lot of electronic instruments um and part of that has to do with the you know the access to technology because it was a lot easier to you know get a couple of midi instruments on your computer and record those with a midi keyboard than actually record yeah. know, nobody had that setup back in the day and right. if they did it wasn't the best quality and so as that technology became available i wanted to start this group and we got a couple of singles out there. Um, the first one we did was a a, a tune from Le Legend of Zelda, um, the Windmill Hut theme called, we called it the Guru. Uh, and it was kind of like a, a John Coltrane, my favorite things exploration on the Windmill Hut theme from uh, Ocarina of Time. Um, but then right after that, as soon as we had our, our team assembled and it was a little bit smaller of a crew than it was on this album, we started kind of getting to work on an album. And I know that or I knew that uh, Chron uh, Chrono Trigger was going to be kind of our first dive into that because a lot of people on the album, you know, Chrono Trigger is just such a, the staple, uh, our literature, I guess. You yeah. know, you, th you think of jazz musicians and like back to the, you know, Great American Songbook mm -hmm. and like for video game 
musicians like Chrono Trigger is that songbook, you know, back to that era. So like yeah. this material had to be done. And I, I know that, you know, um, Mitsuda had already put out that acid jazz um, album entitled The Brink of Time, like I think a, a year or so after the original OST came out. But uh, this was going to be kind of our first jump into doing um, a full feature album as opposed to just singles that we were doing. It's a rather small album. I think there's only seven or eight tracks, uh, and one of them is actually um, one of Doug's groups that he was um, playing in at the time with some of his university colleagues. Uh, they did the the main theme to Chrono Trigger, so it's, that's not really even in the, the OC Jazz Collective. It's a bit of a guest appearance, but oh, cool. every other track on the album is directly related to one of the eras in Chrono Trigger. Oh, nice. Okay, cool. So for for every era of the game, there is one track, and it's a song that only occurs in that era. So the, the album kind of takes you on a journey through the entire, I guess, journey of the, the Chrono Trigger crew. Cool. Um, and yeah, there's just, I don't know, when you listen to that album from start to finish, it just, it has like a, you kind of need to listen to it in order sort of feel. Mm -hmm. And a lot, I mean, a lot of that is I did a lot more of the arranging on the original album. Uh, we had less okay. guest arrangers at the time. And cool. so you know, perhaps it kind of ties everything in together there and that a lot of it is my writing. But um, yeah, that uh, came out in 2016 and uh, there was a lot of buzz about that at the time. And um, yeah, it's been a bit of a break in between. We've done some individual releases through Materia and um, OC Remix, but um, really just been getting to work on this one. And uh, then again, we had that pan pandemic halfway yeah. through and um, so <laughs> yeah happy to ha finally have this out so dylan where do people buy it how can people purchase this music uh so with oc remix um the beautiful thing about oc remix is that all of their albums are completely free Love that. and so if you go onto the website um or the i guess the mode 7 website which i believe is mode 7 dot ocremix.org or just through the OC Remix main page you'll get a link to uh, the album's website and you can download it through there there's um links to either torrents or you can download direct or download individual tracks um i do believe though that we've actually um got this one approved to be released through uh spotify oh, nice. apple music and whatnot so this one will Great. be available for streaming uh, that being said, OC Remix does um, still keep all of their music free to release and all proceeds from their their Spotify streams and whatnot go to uh, charities because the original um, initiative of OC Remix was, you know, making gay music free and accessible and mm -hmm. as a means to promote it, right? So not, right. you know, selling albums because you'll reach a lot more people through, you know, yep. uh, SoundCloud or YouTube streams um as opposed to selling albums at mm -hmm. 20 or 25 dollars a pop which i think is a, is a very valorant thing to do and uh yes. they're still doing it and they can be supported i believe oc remix has a patreon so if you feel any kind of need to support uh oc remix you can do that but uh that's that's pretty fantastic that this is available to everyone so i highly encourage everyone to download it or stream it or however you want to possess it but uh, make this a part of your collection it's it's well worth it um dylan what more do you want to say about this album or or anything else um yeah just that it's been you know a pleasure getting to know all these musicians like i said yeah. people like anthony lofton who were some of my earliest influences getting into jazz or or insane in the rain who you know has taken you know video game music and jazz to a completely different level in terms of its you know when we started doing things back in the day 2013 2012 um there were very little especially in oc remix jazz remixes um right 
you yeah. know, I'd want to say that the OC Jazz Collective was one of the first groups to be doing it because clearly you can go back to groups like the One Ups and they were still doing jazz influenced music. But you know, 2012, 2013, uh, there was not a lot for video game jazz. Yeah, um, hadn't become you know a standard of that. I guess that song, but quite yet it was it was well on its way. But I mean, mm-hmm. now we have you know just go onto YouTube and search video game jazz and you will see all the the amazing groups like the the 8-bit big band based out of i think they're in new york yep charlie rosen you know yeah we have groups yeah. being nominated and, and winning you know grammys for video game music and jazz like it's in yeah. a relatively short amount of time that has just skyrocketed and i think that goes right back to that that um accessibility that home studios and the technology has afforded mm-hmm. you know people to be able to get their music out there so people who were just recording on little analog recorders in their basements in 2005 are now you know submitting their music for you know your grammy approval or whatever it's right. <laughs> you know 15 years that's it's that's a blink of an eye in, in terms is. of music yeah incredible well, Dylan, thank you so much for chatting with me today. It's been uh, really great to hear the album. I've thoroughly enjoyed it, and I really can't wait to hear what's next. And I do mean that. I want to have you back on to talk more in depth about the Chrono uh, Trigger album because I can tell it's like uh, meaningful to you, but also that album, the music is just so good. So we'll make that happen sometime uh, in 2023 for sure but thank you awesome. for, for talking to, to about this one yeah appreciate it yeah, thank you Emily. thank you for listening to level with emily you can learn more about dylan weist and the oc jazz collective see a playlist and support level with emily at patreon.com slash level check out the video of our chat with dylan even though there's no video there you can still uh, head over to youtube to check us out we've got a lot of videos up and please do subscribe to the channel so you get all of our new videos of interviews as they post i'm emily reese sam keenan is our producer say hi sam hi you can follow us on twitter and facebook at level with emily and learn more about us at levelwithemily.com made possible by adam selvage at tiki web services composer brad gentle manages our youtube channel level with emily reese is a production of june media inc Here at Level with Emily, we're part of the Audio Podcast Alliance. It features a hand-picked selection of the very best podcasts about sound. You can hear the latest episodes from our friends in the community at audiopodcast.org.